everyone, and welcome back to Happy and Healthy. I hope you guys are doing great today. Happy freaking Tuesday. I'm currently filming this on Friday, August 5th, and I am coming off of one of the craziest past two weeks of my life. It's been crazy. I was in Nashville, and then um, I was preparing to speak at a church in Florida, in Fort Lauderdale, and then right after that, my best friend got engaged, which was amazing. My best friend, my roommate, Maddie, and there's just been so, so much going on behind the scenes of just life being like literally I can't even list it all out and I won't. I'm not going to bore you and waste your time. So I'm really excited to be back with you guys, catch up with you guys, do a solo episode. Um, I hope you guys have been enjoying the episodes so far with all the guests. I want to just sit down and kind of just hang out with you guys, talk to you guys about kind of what's just been going on and answer a just a very burning question that I have been getting like crazy lately and I totally understand why and I am going to just be talking to you guys today about what do you do when you feel like you're falling behind what do you do when you feel like everyone else is getting the things that you want and you're stuck and you're you're sitting there being like why God why not me and it's a it's a very relevant pertinent question because of some things that are going on in my life, but also just things that you guys have going on in your life. And so I want to answer that today. I have a lot of scripture because if you guys don't know, I'm a Christian and I just believe the best way to do this is go, go through some scripture and just to be honest and share you guys how I'm feeling, but also give you guys just some truth, some things that I'm clinging to, things that I find to be true, things that I wholeheartedly believe and I think this is going to help some of you guys out today. So before we get into it, I wanted to shout out a voice memo that I got from one of my listeners. Um, so I always tell you guys that we do voice memos on this podcast and you guys can submit them. And I just I love hearing them. I think they're just so sweet and fun. We're going to be listening to a voice memo today from a listener, Paige. Here we go. Hey, Janine, this is Paige. I just wanted to give a shout out for your podcast. It's really helped me. Um because every single day I love waking up and getting to see what you're going to talk about. And it's always so uplifting. It motivates me every single day to just share the love of Jesus Christ. And I feel like it gets me closer with my relationship with Jesus. And I just want to thank you so much for it. It really has changed my life. And I know it's changed other people's lives too. So I just wanted to um, tell you how much it means to me. Okay, bye. That is so sweet. I love those. I thank you guys for those every single time. You can always leave one down below. There's a link down below. So thank you guys so, so much. And I want to just to quickly just give you guys some updates really fast on the merch. So um, I dropped merch, as I told y'all, we still have some things available. And shipping, because it is pre-order, it does take a little bit longer. So I just want to apologize in advance if you guys are like, where's my package? Pre-order means that we collect all the orders and then we create them and then we ship them out. However, I am looking to swap my merch companies because of the amount of time that it does take to ship out. So just know that is something I'm working on going forward. So if you ordered merch, just know it is coming. I apologize for the delay. Um, it does take a little bit longer, but it will be there very, very soon. So thank you guys for your patience. So let's just get right into today's episode of what do I do when I feel like I'm falling behind? Thank you. 
So the reason why I wanted to do this episode today was that I did a Q&A on my Instagram about two days ago, and the amount of questions I got about this is, it was insane. Um, specifically because my roommate just got engaged and she's going through an amazing season and people are looking at me and they're like, oh, she must be jealous. She must be feeling sad. She must be feeling envious. She must feel like where, you know, when, when is this going to happen for me? Where are you, God? Where are you in this season? And so many questions regarding that of like, are you jealous or do you feel like you're falling behind or do you feel sad that you're still single or yada, yada, yada. And not even just that people just asking for advice overall because so many people are going through this season as well. Not even just with singleness. It's with, you know, they want to buy a house. Maybe they want a dog. Maybe they want to get a job. Maybe they feel like they're not, they haven't traveled enough. They haven't done enough according to their peers or according to society or according to social media. And they're looking at me or maybe looking at other people and they're just like, man, I feel like I'm falling behind. I feel like I am not amounting to anything. I feel like I haven't done enough. I feel like everyone's getting all these things that I want and yet still, still here I am and I've done nothing. And I just want to say like, according to whom are you falling behind? Who even set up these timelines anyway? Because God didn't set these up. Culture and society are the people that set these timelines up. God never told us that, you know, in order to be peaceful or joyful, we needed to have a husband or a house or a dog or that specific job. He just said, you know, abide in me and and as I abide in you, like if you stay close to me, close to my vine, then there you will have joy and your joy will be made full. That's in John 15, 10 through 11. Says, if you keep my commandments, if you abide in my love, just as I kept my father's commandments and I abided in his love, these things I've spoken to that you may have joy and that your joy may be full. God is saying that if you abide in me, you will have joy and you will have joy to the fullest. It didn't say, hey, once you get your house, once you get your dog, once you get your spouse, then your joy will be complete. He said, no, look to me to find your joy. And so, God didn't put these timelines or these constraints on us. He didn't say, hey, once you get these, then you will be happy. And I think a lot of the times we can get those things and we're still not happy. And so I think there's always this mentality that we have that, man, if we just got there, if we just had that, if we just accomplished more, did more, then I might be happy. And that's just not the truth. Because I've seen, and other people have seen, and so many people have seen in culture, yeah, they've made a million dollars, they've gotten the house, they've gotten the spouse, they they ended up in divorce, like, they made the money, they drove the car, and they're still sitting there in bed at night, and they're like, why am I still depressed? Why am I still anxious? Why am I still sad? Why do I still feel like there's something lacking? And that's because we have to find joy, and joy in God and Jesus alone. And I know that's not the answer you want to hear. I know that's not the answer people want because that sounds too simple. That sounds either too complicated or like, yeah, 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 that's cool. I've heard it enough, Janine. I'm kind of sick of hearing that from all these people. But you keep hearing it because it's the truth. And that's the truth that I've come to find and, and know that that is, that is the truth. And that's the truth that I cling to. And so people are looking at me and they're like, man, she must be sad. She must be jealous. She must be feeling like I'm falling behind. And genuinely, I don't, I don't feel that. I really don't. If you had asked me that maybe two years ago or maybe a year ago, 
I would have said yes, 100%. 100% I would have been like, yep, you're right. I do feel like that. I feel like God is withholding. I feel like there's something wrong with me. I feel like I'm broken. I feel like there's, there's got to be a reason why I don't have what that person has. There's got to be something about me that, you know, God is like, nope, you know what? You're not good enough to deserve that. But I don't feel that way anymore. With time, with age, with maturity, with wisdom, with time with the Lord, with contentment and joy, I have found that my joy comes from God and God alone. Like I have the house, I have the car, I might have the money, I might have the status or the platform or the things that people look to me and and I have all those things. Yes, those are good things, they're great things. Those are things that I'm not ashamed of or they're not things that I'm like, ew, I don't want that. I'm very thankful for those. But those do not bring me contentment and joy and they never will and they never they were never meant to. And so people could look at me and be like, man, she must be sad. Part of today's episode is sponsored by Athletic Greens. So I started taking their AG1 supplements because I'm a big believer in health. As you guys know, my podcast name is Happy and Healthy. Even though I am not perfect at being health, I love to aim to be holistically healthy. So I take the AG1 once a day in the morning. It's basically an all-in-one supplement that helps with so many things at once. I'm definitely a convenience person, so this is perfect for me, and it tastes really great. So what is it? So basically, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source ingredients, probiotics to help start your day right. It supports better sleep quality, recovery, mental clarity, and alertness, gut health, and so much more. Athletic Greens was created when the founder experienced a ton of gut health issues and ended up on a complicated supplement routine to recover. It cost him over $100 a day, so he provided a cheaper solution to this problem's And that's where we get AG1. It also costs you less than $3 a day. So you're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your coffee habit, which I know I have that too. So right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to be giving you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash healthy. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash healthy to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thank you again to Athletic Greens. And now let's get back to today's episode. She must feel lonely for being single still. And here's what I'm going to say to you is number one, do not project your feelings onto me and assume what you're feeling as what I'm feeling. Because you might think that and you might feel that, but that's not how I feel. Truly, genuinely. I'm not just saying bluff. Like after, after my best friend got engaged, the amount of people that texted me, and it was sweet. I appreciated it. I was like, thank you for checking in on me. Like truly. But the amount of people that texted me and they're like, oh my God, are you okay? Are you sad? Oh, just know God's, God's like, God's got you. And I'm like, I know God's got me. Like, thank you for your condolences and your empathy and your sympathy. But like, I promise you I'm good because I have processed through this. I knew the engagement was coming. I talked to people. I sought out counsel. I sought out wisdom. I journaled. I brought it to the Lord first and foremost. And once I processed it, I was like, you know what? I'm good. And I'm going to celebrate my friend as best as I can. Secondly, like I said, to this statement of like, dude, don't you feel like you're falling behind? No, I don't. 
I've accomplished a lot in my life. I'm very content at with where I'm at. And I know there's more to be done, but I don't I don't feel like I'm lacking. I'm excited, I'm expectant, I'm joyful, and I'm ready for what's to come. But in the season that I have right now, I'm like, God, there's there's gotta be more that you're doing, you know? Thirdly, y'all don't know what's happening behind the scene that I'm not sharing. You don't know what I've walked through, what I've been through that has caused me to be in the moment that I'm in right now where I feel good and I feel content and I feel joyful. Because there's things I haven't shared, you know? There's things that people I've dated, things I've walked through that I'm like, that shows me that God has me right where he wants me to be. And you also don't know the things that I'm going through right now, the relationships I'm going through right now, the, 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 the conversations I'm going through right now, the processing I'm going through right now. So no, you can look at me and maybe assume and project all you want, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's the truth. And I'm just saying that because I do think that that's a lot of the times where people are coming from is they're coming from a place of pain and they're coming from a place of lack. And so they're projecting those feelings onto you because misery loves company. So they'll look at you and be like, okay, maybe if I project this and say this, maybe she'll agree with me and it'll help me feel less alone. So I have a lot of single girls come to me and they're like, aren't you so sad? And I'm like, no. And then they're like, oh, and they're embarrassed because they want me to agree with them so that they feel less lonely and like they feel seen and heard, which I understand. I can empathize with you. There's definitely seasons and times where I feel that, but I'm not going to agree with the enemy. I'm not going to just sit there and sulk and have misery loves company because I don't need that. I'm expectant and I'm joyful and I'm ready for what's to come. And I'm going to keep living and walking fully in faith and full in my joy with the Lord and knowing and believing that God's not withholding from me and he's going to bless me when it is his timing. And like I said, if you, if you asked me maybe two years ago, I would have said yes, but with more time and more growth with God, I do not feel that way, genuinely. And six, nah, that's not even the right number. I think this is number four, but it doesn't matter. I'm just going to go to the next point. <laughs> We can become more aware of these insecurities and these timelines when people constantly ask us. Honestly, we would be less conscious of these timelines and of these things that we quote unquote lack if less people kept asking us about them. Like when I'm living my best life and I'm traveling, I'm working, I'm busy, I'm doing my thing, I'm good. But when people keep coming and being like, well, are you sad? Or what do you think about this? Or blah, blah, blah and they keep trying to bring it up top of mind, I'm like, oh, yeah, now I'm going to think about it. But before, I wasn't really thinking about it. And so, yeah, the the surroundings that we have can make us be more conscious of these timelines and these things that we quote-unquote lack. Our surroundings and environment can massively dictate what is culturally appropriate. Here's the thing. We are a byproduct of our surroundings. I've mentioned this before. When I lived in California, I didn't feel like I lacked. I didn't feel like I needed a relationship because everyone out there is chilling. They're busy. They're doing their thing. They're living their life. They're like, we don't need a boyfriend. We don't need a spouse. Like, I'm busy working. And then I come back to Dallas, and it's all people want to talk about is marriage and relationships and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, man, this is kind of exhausting because when I lived in California, I was more content in my singleness because everyone else was. But then you come back to Dallas where it's the city of people that want to get married in six months, and then all of a sudden you're like, wait, do I need to be married in six months? And so it, we absolutely are a byproduct of our environment. Like, I feel like people in Europe, they're not concerned about finding a spouse or getting engaged in six months. They're just not, because I know I've been there. My family lives there. Like, 
I know people in Europe can look, or any other place for that matter, even in New York or California, they can look at someone in Dallas and be like, you got engaged in six months, you're literally psycho. And maybe some people are, but who freaking cares? That's what works for them. It's just kind of like a, a byproduct of where we are that puts these constraints and these ideologies on these timelines. So just be aware that the reason why you might be feeling so much pressure and guilt is because of your surroundings. Sometimes we got to just stop looking at what others have and get busy looking at what you have and what God's put in front of you and get busy enjoying that. Like, look at what you do have and what you should be thankful for. And I'm not trying to necessarily um, empathize with you or be like, oh, you know, just because someone in Africa has it worse than you doesn't mean you can't be sad. That's not what I'm trying to do. I'm not trying to gaslight you. I'm not trying to make you feel bad because I do think that there is a season for us to feel sad. There's a season for everything, which I'll get into. But there may be seasons where you do need to feel sad. You do you do need to have some sadness. You do need to walk through some comparison to know what that feels like and to know, okay, how do I overcome this? How do I work through this? What is this feeling like? Because also in turn, you can help empathize with others when you've walked through it. But also because I do think there's a time in the season for everything that God wants to use each season for something. And so you might be in that season right now. Obviously you're listening to this, so maybe you are. You might be in the season of like, man, I have nothing. My life sucks. Everyone else has it made besides me. And you need to sit in that for a second. You, need, you do need to sulk for a second. You need to process through that. You need to get to the root of that. You need to talk through that with some people. But eventually, you've got to pick yourself back up, and you've got to get yourself back out there, and you've got to be like, no longer am I going to be living in victim mentality. I'm no longer going to be constantly sitting there, woe is me, everything's my fault, everything is someone else's fault, why did I get these cards dealt to me? you got to be like, I've got some cards dealt with to me, so how am I going to make the best of these cards that were dealt to me? Like, we got to shift our perspective, we got to flip the narrative in our minds that everything is hard and everything sucks, and shift it to, you know what, I'm going to make this the best day ever. It's a dang good day to have a good day. And that is exactly why I put that on the back of my merch, because I do believe that. Like, you have the power to dictate your day and your emotions and what happens in some senses. Yes, some things are out of control. Some things are out of our hands. But how you respond and react is everything. So God wants to use these seasons for something. But how you steward them and use the season is up to you. Like, you have the power to speak life over yourself. You have the power to focus on what is lovely and pure and holy and right and good and righteous. Or you have the power to sit there and sulk and be like, man, my life sucks. Everything sucks, blah, blah, blah. Like, you have the power with your mind. You do. So what are you going to choose? What are you going to choose? What are you going to choose to feed your mind? What are the things that you're going to replay over and over? What are the things you're going to tell yourself? Are you going to let the enemy keep lying to you and speaking to you? Or are you going to say, no, I'm going to take every thought captive and rebuke that and submit to Christ and say, God, you rule my mind. Your word rules my mind. Positivity rules my mind. Good things rule my mind. And I think in these seasons, people can look at me and they're like, how did you celebrate Maddie so well? How were you such a good friend to Maddie when you don't have that and she does? It's just, it's not hard. I don't know how, I don't know. Like, I, it's just, it's not hard for me because when you love someone and you love someone so deeply and that is your best friend, you want good things for them. Like, that was something we prayed for. We, we prayed for a spouse for her. We prayed for both of us to find godly men. And we got that. And I've said this before in podcasts is that in other podcasts and videos is that her win is my win. Just because she won at something or got something doesn't mean that that's my loss. Like if you are a true friend, 
you're a true champion and you want to be a good friend to someone, then you have that mentality of, man, God, when she got that, that was a win for me because that's my best friend. But both feelings can coexist of feeling a little bit sad and a little bit jealous, but also feeling excited and, and really happy for your best friend. They can coexist. But I want the champion side and the happiness side and the joyful side and the celebration side to win more than the jealousy and envious side. Always. I never want to let my insecurities or potential insecurities or fears prevent others from feeling full celebration of that achievement. I would never want that. I would never want because I, and I don't feel this way, but I would, I'm assuming this is how some people feel is that you feel insecure, you feel sad or you feel jealous. And so instead of feeling happy for someone, you try to bring them down. And that's what everyone does. That's why there's so many mean comments on Instagram all the time because there's so many people that are lonely and sad or depressed or anxious or whatever, and they're insecure deep down inside. And so what do they do? They go look at someone else and they got to rip them and bring them down. That's just sad. That's sick. And I feel content in myself. I feel confident in myself. I feel joyful. I feel peaceful. So what am I going to do? I'm going to go encourage others and uplift others. I don't want to ruin someone else's goodness due to my potential unhappiness. Because we all know what that feels like when when you get something and you're just so excited about it. And you're like, man, I can't wait for my friends to celebrate me. And you tell a friend, oh my gosh, look, I got this job or I'm dating this guy. And you can just sense on them that they're jealous. They're not happy for you. They wear it on their sleeve. You can read it all over their face. And you're like, wow, that person isn't happy for me. And it's the worst feeling ever. So, like, if you don't want someone to do that to you, then don't do that to others. Like, I want to be such a good friend that I celebrate them, I congratulate them, I champion them, I'm excited for them. One of my best friends just got, and literally the most amazing, incredible job. She's making more money than I'll probably ever make. (laughs) And instead of me being jealous, I was so excited for her because I watched her walk through seasons of sadness and grief and questions and doubts and fears of like, God, when will this happen? When will this work? And when she finally got it again, her win was my win because we prayed together. We fought together. And I want to be a friend to someone like that. And I want someone to be a friend to me like that. Be that person for others. And I know it'll take time. Like I know that it takes work. It takes some self-healing. It takes some ripping of some things, some insecurities, some doubts, some fears we have in ourselves. But once we do it, it's the best, most rewarding feeling. To get to celebrate others and champion others is a beautiful gift. It's the gift of encouragement. And that is a gift in the Bible, is the gift of encouraging others. To get to, to wholeheartedly celebrate others, man, what a gift that is. And people notice it. People feel that. Like, you know that feeling. When someone celebrates you and you feel there is a genuineness about it, an authenticity, it's beautiful and it's sweet and it's so kind. of you're like, man, that is a good friend. And that is what I want to be to others. And Romans 5, 2 says, each of us should please our neighbors for their good to build them up. The Bible says, love God and then love your neighbor as yourself. So if you want to love someone as yourself, you're going to celebrate them as you would want yourself to be celebrated, right? Romans 12, 15 says, rejoice with those who rejoice. But also it says, Weep with those who weep. There is a season for both. Because sometimes your friends are going to come to you and they're going to cry and they're going to need a shoulder to cry and they're going to need your hug and your empathy and your prayers and your tears also. They want you to weep with them as they weep. But then on the flip side, please rejoice with them as they rejoice. And I think something that we need to remember is that the grass is not always green on the other side. It's just not. 
we could look at, you know, that accomplishment or that achievement or that accolade or that thing is like, man, once I get there, then I'll be happy. I'll be rejoiceful or man, maybe they got that thing. And man, now maybe they're finally happy and I want what they have, but the grass is not always green on the other side. Just because they have, that doesn't mean that they're the most happy, content, joyful, successful person ever. We don't know always necessarily what people are going through or what really is happening behind the scenes, just as you don't with me. So we can't always assume that, man, just because they have that, man, that means that they're complete and they're joyful and everything is great for that person. It's just not. That's not the reality and it's not the truth. Obtaining a goal or an achievement doesn't always equate to happiness and fulfillment, even though we think it does. Like I said, just because we have it, it doesn't equate necessarily to happiness or contentment or fulfillment because these things never will. Temporarily, yes, it's great. Celebrate them, champion them, be excited about them because a lot of times we do have to work very hard to get these things or we've had to wait a long time to get these things or they've taken patience or endurance or fighting or suffering or whatever. Celebrate people and champion people in that. But just because you get it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be sustainable and completing your joy and fulfillment. It's just not. So celebrate it for the season. Yes. Celebrate it for the season. Have a party. Celebrate people's birthdays, their new job, their spouse, their engagement, whatever, and celebrate people well. But just know that there's a season for everything. Within seasons, you know, there's good things, there's bad things, and you may get that, and then something bad might happen right afterwards, and you're like, man, I thought when I got this, I would be a lot happier. Or I thought when I got this that... I wouldn't be suffering any longer. Or I thought when I got this, maybe only good things would happen. And that's just not reality. That's just not life. Like, it's just not. And I want to read this really fast because in in Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8, the Bible talks about how there's a season for everything. And I don't know what season you're in. I don't know what you're feeling, what you're walking through. I know for me, I'm walking through all sorts of seasons. I'm walking through a season of processing that there's a lot of change coming up. And I'm happy for the change, even though I'm grieving a little bit and I'm sad, but I'm also excited and I'm expectant, like I said, because my life is about to look really different. I'm about to have to get a new roommate, potentially. I'm about to live alone for a good bit again. I'm about to have my roommate and my best friend move out. She's about to get married. And there's all these things, again, that I'm I'm processing. But there's a season for everything. And every season is for a reason. And every season has something it wants to teach you. And a, a fruit they want, that God wants to produce in you. But again, you have the choice to decide and determine, am I going to let this season make me better? Or am I going to let this season make me better? And you have the choice. In Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8, it says that there is a time for everything. And a season for every activity under heaven. There's a time to be born. There's a time to die. There's a time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather, a time to embrace and a time to refrain, a time to search and a time to give up, a time a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. And I know that was lengthy, but that is, it's biblical. Like there is a time and a season for everything, every activity under heaven. And I don't know which of those seasons that you're in right now. I don't know what time that attributes to you right now, but read that again. 
and say, okay, God, what is this? What is my time right now? Do I need to gather right now? Do I need to dance right now? Do I need to laugh right now? Do I need to build? Do I need to heal? Or do I need to tear down something right now? Do I need to just mourn? Do I need to just weep? Do I need to just search? Do I need to just keep? Do I need to be silent? Do I need to love? What is your season? Reflect and ask God and he'll show you. For me right now, I feel like my season is to process, it's to pray, it's to keep my faith, it's to seek, it's to ask God for more, it's to trust God, but also to sit back and to relax and to just trust and know, God, you are my provider. You are my Jehovah Jireh, which means provider. I will lean back and I will rest in my father's love and knowing that he's taking care of me. But also, I want to be proactive to 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 seek Christ in this and to know, God, you are taking care of me, to just keep asking him and to keep praying and keep trusting and to also just be busy. Get busy with the things that God's called me to be busy with. I'm not just going to sit there and fold my hands and do nothing. Like, I'm going to continue to work. I'm going to continue to pray. I'm going to continue to live my life. I'm going to continue to travel. I'm going to continue to be in friendships and community. I'm not just going to sit there and squander my time. But there is a time when God's like, hey, I've asked you to step back. I've asked you to be patient. I've asked you to put things down. Just as God said in here, a time to gather or a time to scatter, a time to keep and a time to throw away. What is your season? And when you start to feel behind, I need you to to remember this verse. Psalm 3410 says, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. If you are seeking the Lord, then you don't lack anything that is good. Like, God should be your ultimate joy and contentment. Like, if you have God and you trust him, then you lack no good thing. And that's the beauty. But if if you think you lack something, then maybe you just need to realize, okay, God, I'm wrestling with actually fully trusting that you are good. So Psalm 3410, like I said, but those who seek the Lord lack lack no good thing. His timing is perfect. So if you lack something... It's because you're either not ready for it right now or God doesn't think you need it. And just because you don't have it doesn't mean you're incomplete. Because I think a lot of times people can look at someone and be like, man, I'm single or I don't have the house, so I'm incomplete. You're not incomplete. You are complete already because you have Christ. You're complete in him, let alone. Like you're complete in him solely. So just know like, If you're lacking something, it's because God is like, I don't think you need that right now. And instead, when we start to think about like, oh man, I'm lacking, I'm lacking, I'm lacking. So I'm going to go put things in my own hands and try to create this on my own because I want this so badly. Then you start to contrive and create these things on your own. And then usually they don't go the way that we want them to go. We got it. And then we're like, oh, that was, that didn't turn out like the way I thought it was going to, because you're the one that created it yourself. And we can see in this Bible story specifically about how Abram and Sarah, how, how Sarah put in her own hands that she wanted a child. Sarah in the Bible was childless until she was 90 years old, and God promised Abraham that she would be a mother of nations in Genesis 17, 16, and that she would conceive and bear a son. But Sarah did not believe that. She did not. So Isaac, born of Sarah and Abram in their old age, was the fulfillment of God's promise. So instead of Trusting God's timing and promises, Sarah put matters into her own hands. After waiting many years, she convinced Abraham to sleep with the handmaiden, Hagar. 
to produce an heir. That was an accepted practice in ancient times. So because she didn't trust God's timing and she believed she lacked something good, she believed, God, I'm incomplete without this baby. Also, God had told her, wait on me. I have a promise for you. Wait on me. She was impatient. She's like, nope, I'm going to put things into my own hands. So what did she do? She had her handmaiden sleep with her husband. I know this is weird, but it's true. It's biblical. And then she began to be jealous of Hagar. Like it was a whole story because she didn't trust God and didn't trust God's timing. The life lesson out of this is waiting for God to act in our lives may be the hardest task that we ever face. It's also true that we can become dissatisfied when God's solutions do not match our expectations. Sarah's life teaches us that when we feel doubtful or afraid, we should remember that God said to Abraham, is anything too hard for the Lord? In Genesis 18, 14, Sarah waited 90 years to have a baby, and certainly she had given up hope of ever seeing her dream of motherhood be fulfilled. Sarah was looking at God's promise from her limited human perspective. That's what we do all the time. We have a limited human perspective. Like, we can't see what God is doing. We can't see that God's like, I have something ready for you. I have a baby. I have a husband. I have a house. I have a job waiting for you. I do, but can you just trust me? And just relax a little bit and let go and stop trying to force this so much in your own timing, in your own hands. But the Lord used her life to unfold an extraordinary plan, proving that he is never, never limited by what usually happens. Sometimes we feel like God has placed our, placed our lives in a permanent holding pattern, but rather God is taking matters into his own hands. And we can let Sarah's story remind us that a time of waiting may be God's precise plan for us. We all know that saying that comparison is a thief of joy, and it's so true. It's so freaking true. If we look at social media and we look at other people, then that's when we start to feel like, oh, man, I'm lacking, I'm lacking, I'm lacking. So it's like you really got to take those thoughts captive. You really got to be active in your mindset and be like, that's good for them. I'm excited for them. But God has me in a different season right now, and that's okay. Cling to Ecclesiastes 3, that God, what is my time? Like, that's just not my time yet. And maybe it'll never be my time. And am I okay with that? Am I so content with that? And how can I use this season to build more character and more joy and build some more, um, some more faith in God? That's the season I'm in right now is that I trust God so much. I am genuinely, I've said this before, I am content in the Lord. I trust God. I believe in him. That's the season I'm in right, right now. I may not always feel like that, but at this current season of my life, I believe and I trust and I have faith in God that he will take care of me, that he will be my provider at his timing. And I don't need to cling to things to give me fulfillment. I just don't. So while people may look at me and be like, you're calling bluff, like you're lying, like I know you're dissatisfied. I know you want to blah, 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 blah. Great. Think that all you want. But I know who I am and I know my my identity in Christ and I know what God has promised to me. I know what God has is given to me. I know who I am. So I'm not going to go and rush things and put things in my own matters in my own hands and cling to things that are going to give me temporary satisfaction. I've told God, I said, God, and this is still my prayer. I will not open doors that you have not asked me to open. I will not walk through situations you've not asked me to walk through. I will not start things that you've not asked me to start. I will not end things you've not asked me to end. I will not do things that you have not asked me to do. And that's fully wholeheartedly where I am at right now. So in singleness, I am not going to start a relationship or go, go do something that God has not asked me to start or to open. And that is where I'm like, I have faith. I believe 
in God that he's going to give me a God story. I just do. I don't want just a good thing, but I want a God thing. And that's what I'm waiting on. And until then, I will get busy living my best life because I do feel like I'm living my best life. I do. I'm very thankful for that. But can you rejoice in the pain? And can you rejoice in this suffering when you feel like I am falling behind? Everyone else is getting what I'm getting. I am lacking. I'm not good enough. There's something wrong with me. Maybe I'm broken. In this season of sadness or this timing of sadness or grief or pain, can you still rejoice? There is so much scripture that talks about suffering and rejoicing in the pain. And I'm going to list out a couple of these. James 1, 2 through 4 says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Again, perfection, completion, lacking in nothing. These are things that we can find in Christ and that we can find by being steadfast in these trials because it produces faith and steadfastness. Romans 5:35 says, or Romans 5, 3 through 5 says, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings because knowing that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through his Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Again, endurance produces character, character produces hope. These sufferings produce all of these. If you let them, character, this builds character and hope. John 16, 22 says, so also you have sorrow now, but I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice and no one will take your joy from you. Because again, you have the ability to give your peace away. You get to decide, am I going to let this rob me of my joy and rob me of my peace? When, when, you, when you have Christ and the Holy Spirit, you have endless joy and endless peace. You get to decide, am I going to give this item or this dissatisfaction or this season? Am I going to give this power over me to determine my, my joy and my peace? Or am I going to say, God, peace is my portion, portion from you because you are my peace, because you are the father of peace. Am I going to walk in that? And Psalms 35 says, for his anger is for but a moment, but his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Amen. So just remember, when you think, I'm falling behind, according to whom? Who put these timelines on us? You did. Who put these timelines on us? Society. Culture did. God didn't put these timelines on us. God didn't put these timelines on you. Something that's so beautiful and so sweet is that time to God is just so, like, irrelevant. It says that in... um. Second Peter 3, 8, but do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. Our timing is not like God's timing. We think one year or one day is so long, but to God, one day is a thousand years. We think we're running out of time, but for what? How are we running out of time? God's timing is slow and beautiful for a reason because that produces patience and trust in him. And these are vital to follow him. So we can shake off these timelines, these timelines that society has put on us. It's like, who cares? Who cares if you're 25 and still single? Who cares if you're 26 and don't have the job that you wanted? Who cares if you're 35 and you're maybe not married yet? 
Is God slow in in delaying his promises to you? Is God not good enough still? Is there something wrong with you? And maybe there is some deep work you need to do. Maybe there is some more healing. Maybe there is still some more counseling. Maybe there is something you still need to process. I'm going to recommend go to counseling. Seek some counsel. Go to a mentor. Go to some friends and say, what do you see in me? Is there something preventing me from getting this? Is there something I need to work on? Is there something I need to do more? Is there some healing I need to do? Ask the hard questions because I do think that's important. But can you still celebrate others that are getting the things that you want? Can you be a good friend? Can you still champion others? Can you be the friend that you want yourself? And I just want to close out in prayer because I think I've said enough. And I just feel like there's some people carrying some real, real heavy sadness. And I want to pray for you. And I want to bless you. And so would you bow your heads and would you close your eyes wherever you are? And I'm going to pray for you. And I know this episode is different. I know this episode feels heavier. I know it feels more serious. But it's because I do feel like there's some people carrying so much weight. I want to pray for you. God, I just I just lift up your name. Your name above all names. God, would you just be with the person right now that feels like, God, why? Why me? Why does everyone get the one thing that I want? Why does that one girl get a baby when I lost mine? Why does that one girl who's been through several broken relationships, why does she get the perfect spouse or partner? And I've been waiting, God. Where is my perfect partner? Why does that one girl get a job when she just got let go and she instantly got another one? And I've been waiting for a good job. I feel dissatisfied. I've been searching and applying over and over and over, and I still don't have it. God, would you meet that person right now? And would you just let that person know there's a purpose for this pain? There's a reason for this season. Can you lay these burdens at my feet? To the person listening to this, can you lay these burdens at his feet? And once you lay them there, can you sit there? And can you look at Jesus' face? And can you let him speak to you? And can you let him look at you and say, I am not withholding anything good from you. But I need you to look at my face and I need you to trust me. I need you to open your hands. And the vision I'm seeing right now is there's something you're clinging onto. There's like a rope you're tugging and you're like, I can't let go. I can't let go. But the more you cling onto this rope, the more this rope burns you and cuts you and creates deeper scars. Can you let go of the rope that is hurting you? And can you open your hands and let God replace what you had in your hands originally was something that he wants to give you that is better. And you can't see that right now because all you can see and feel is the rope. But can you surrender and let go and say, God, you fill my hands. Ultimate surrender. And God, would you meet with the person that's grieving or they're sad or they're, or they're just sitting there like, God, I want this. Why won't you give it to me? Because God, would we not lose hope in this waiting season? Would we trust just as Sarah waited and, and believed for a son that you eventually gave her, God, would we wait and believe well for the things that we want to? You know the desires of our hearts. And we're going to continue to go to you with them. We're going to continue to pray. But God, would you just meet us? Would you give us these things that we want so badly with your perfect timing? Because God, I believe when it is your perfect timing, it's from you, it's going to be better than we've ever imagined. I just believe that. So God, be tender to their heart. Meet with them. 
and show the person what season are they in? Is it a time to sow? Is it a time to reap? Is it a time to, to have sorrow? Is it a time to be rejoiceful? Is it a time to build? Is it a time to tear down? What is that time, God? And would you show the person that? And Lord, we just love you. And I pray, God, that you would just bring someone peace right now. They would feel your presence right now. That they've not felt in a while. They've never felt it before in their life, God. Would you give them your presence, your Holy Spirit, that they would feel something shift right now? That we would increase their faith. They would say, you know what, I'm going to wait well. I'm going to believe in God for this season. I'm going to believe that, God, you are doing something in this season. And I'm going to come out better on the other side of it because of you, God. We surrender, Lord. We submit these things in your holy good name. Amen. All right, you guys. That was today's episode. I know it feels heavy. Um, I'm also a little bit of a lower mode right now because, honestly, I haven't eaten today. So my energy levels are a little bit lower today as well. But I hope this was an encouragement. Please um, share this with someone if you know someone needs this. And I hope that nothing was taken wrong. I pray this was a blessing. I pray that this gave you some encouragement, y'all. Do not lose hope. Do not lose your faith. Do not let the enemy rob you of joy or tell you because of this season that you're in that God's not good or there's something wrong or that um, you need to go make things happen in your own strength because you don't. Don't let the enemy tell you that um, God's not good because of the season that you're in because that's exactly what he wants you to do. He wants this season to alter the way that you see God. And don't let him do that. Don't give him power. So I believe in y'all. I love reading your DMs and your messages after episodes like this. So please reach out to me. DM me. I love responding. I love reading them. Send me a voice memo. You guys are amazing. Be blessed. Um, champion people well. Be the friend that you want you know, someone to be to you. And I hope this was a blessing. I love y'all. And I'll see you guys again next Tuesday for another episode of Happy Unhealthy. Until then, y'all better stay happy and healthy. That's my prayer. So until then, stay happy and healthy. Thank you guys for listening. I'll see you guys next Tuesday. Bye, y'all.